everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today on Ranch Ramblin', the Cowboy Gals podcast. I'm Tucker, your host, and I am super excited to be here with Kendra. She and I go way back. <laughs> um, actually, we ha- it's a cool story, but um, I'm just really excited to have Kendra on today. She uh, has a, She's always got something cool going. Um, just a little backstory. She, I high school rodeoed with her daughter, um, but we didn't, I didn't know Kendra well, but then I go to college and she ended up being heavily involved in, um, my entrepreneur, um, experience. And I don't think she realizes how involved she was, but, um, the impact she had on me, um, in those classes and the visits we would have, she was my rodeo coach, all of these things, um, (laughs) they've carried over. But um, anyway, so Kendra is super awesome. I want to let her introduce herself. Um, She's got some really cool new things coming up that I'm hoping she'll tell us a little bit about. Um, But Kendra, tell us a little bit about what's going on with you and kind of what landed you there. Yeah, so uh, I've kind of been involved in entrepreneurship my whole life. I come from a long family of entrepreneurs. In fact, my dad runs a clothing store that next year will be 100 years old. So that's pretty exciting. Ooh. So, so for us to jump out and say, let's, let's try something new is, is pretty normal for my family. Uh, having said that, it's also something that was expected to go to college, have a secure job. So it was kind of a, a <laughs> mixed emotion sort of thing. But, um, so I, I was not involved in agriculture much growing up outside of my horses, but I always loved agriculture and I went to college and my degree is in agricultural education. Uh, so I have taught most of my career in a, a public or a private school setting. Um, like you said, Tucker, I got to know you through, I work for Snow College and I'm still working there. Um, I've been there 11 years and I'm the rodeo coach. I'm a equine and agriculture instructor. And then I do farm and ranch management uh, where we go out into the community, especially our six county area here and help farmers and ranchers with uh, their entire businesses. And, and sometimes even, ed- sometimes even educating them that, they are actually entrepreneurs. They don't always understand right. that part of it. Um, so I've been doing that for the last 11 years. And that has kind of brought me to want to reach out and do some of that on my own. So I'm actually starting a, a business success coaching company. Um, I call it Main Focus. Uh, and Main is in the horse's mane. I love it. Uh, I love it. Yeah. So Main Focus is what I'm calling it. And I, I do deal with all small businesses, but primarily my focus is on agricultural and equine small businesses. And that's where uh, my major expertise lie. Uh, most small businesses are, are very similar, but I, I even have some insight into um, things that are specific to agriculture uh, related businesses. So that's what I'm doing now. I'm super excited for that. Uh, doing some yeah. consulting to some other agriculture businesses right now. And, uh, some horse trainers primarily is, is who I'm working with at the moment, but excited to kind of launch this in the next three or four months to, to really be a a true business. Oh yeah. Yeah. That sounds awesome. Um, and I know as I, as you're talking about this, you know, the direction that your main, I love that the main focus, by the way, (laughs) (laughs) um, it's like, there's people in my mind that I'm like, oh my gosh, they need to know. They, they, I need to get them in touch with Kendra. Like, this yeah. is so cool. And, and I think one of the things I love so much about, <clears throat> even, even when we kind of dug into this together at Snow College, 
as a potential career for me um, with the, the farm and ranch management. Mm-hmm. I remember looking into that for a little while and just being completely blown away at how many facets, well, every facet of agriculture needs someone to do what you're doing. And even if they don't realize it, they, they need you. <laughs> and right. You know, they, everybody can benefit. And, and I think that's so cool because you can help kind of give them that direction. And, and then I think when people are open-minded and ready to kind of take that chance on investing in a coach, uh, I think like that success just skyrockets. Is that kind of what you see it with your clients? Most definitely. Um, kind of a, there's two opposite ends of the spectrum. Uh, if I work with a client who is extremely involved in especially production agriculture, uh, whether that be animals or, or crops, uh, they don't see themselves as entrepreneurs. Um, they, they see themselves as farmers or ranchers. And mm-hmm. when that's the case, they often miss out on the business side of it and how to promote their business and, and really, uh, do the full financial side of it. And that's usually where they miss out. And then I see the full opposite end of the spectrum where somebody might say, I have a great business idea, but I don't really belong in the agriculture world or I don't know how to get started or whatever. Mm -hmm. And truth be told, there is room for everybody in the industry. Um, You know, I talk a lot in my classes right now about this, this generation coming up, and especially if you weren't raised on a farm or a ranch, uh, we still want to be a part of the agriculture industry, and I'm part of that. Uh, and we may never be able to own enough acreage to raise a thousand head of cattle. Um, but there are so many ways that we can have an agriculture enterprise uh, yeah. without having to do that. And and really, the sky is the limit, especially with you know the internet and social media now. Um, it, it's it's really bringing the world to to all of us to have access to. Um, right. So I really think that, that the sky's the limit and usually it's our fear that holds us back. And so that's right. a lot of what I work on is overcoming your fears. Um, one of the ways that. that is what is your why? Why do you want to do this? And if your why is big enough, we can overcome any fear and the how will usually take care of itself. You bet. We, in I have a, I'm part of a, or I have a mentoring group that I, you know, consult with. Right. And that's something that comes up all the time is the how is none of your business. Decide what you want. When you can dream big enough, you know, that dream pulls you through the fire, drags you through the mud, but it's big enough that if you can hold on and keep seeing it, then the how's going to unfold. I love that you brought that up because yeah, I I believe um, that wholeheartedly. There's so many examples I have in my life that what I have been able to do literally was at times not supposed to be possible yet right. here I am. Uh, you can kind of see the house behind me if you're, you know, on the video, but, uh, mm-hmm. I actually live in a barn. Um, the first barnuminium built in our County and I was told it wasn't a possibility yet. It was something that I, hmm. I did. Um, I'd been married for 20 years, uh, went through a marriage I never should have probably been in, um, went through a divorce and didn't realize at that time how closely tied my finances were to being in that um, relationship. And so I wasn't even eligible for a mortgage to build a home, uh, but I had property and was able to get a farm loan uh, mm-hmm. for my property. And I I just built the house I wanted. And, and so much of that was 
was pulling myself out of the limiting beliefs I had had for so many years and just saying to myself, and I, I'm a vision board kind of girl too. I, I do a vision board Love every that. year. Yeah. And uh, one of the things I said is I will have a home. And uh, I lived in a camp trailer for three years, <laughs> um, but now I, I literally have and help build the home of my dreams um, when it was yeah. something that wasn't supposed to have happened. So, Right. Right. I love that. Thanks for sharing that too. That's, that's such a neat story. And, and I think that so many people, I, you hit it right on the head right there. You didn't realize, I don't remember how you said it. You didn't realize how one thing was tied directly to another thing. And as soon as, as you kind of started, it sounds like, you know, a little chain of reaction that you were able to shed a lot of these limiting beliefs. And I think that's so um, I think that's so powerful for people to be aware of as even a possibility that, and it doesn't even have to be the finances or the marriage or the home right. or anything like that. It's everywhere in your life. And when you can start, you knock down the first domino, the rest of them fall almost effortlessly. And if you can keep that dream and hit the domino, like it's going to, it's there, it's there for us. Yep. And, and like you said before, uh, I think it's so important to know your what, what is it you want to do and why do you want it? And, and like you said, the how is really none of your business. Uh, take a step, baby steps towards mm -hmm. whatever it is, your dream or your goal. And, and as long as you don't quit and keep working and, and you're energetically in the right space, I really believe that I, I'm, I'm proof that things can happen. Yes. So. I love that. I love that. And honestly, you guys, Kendra, <clears throat> If you guys have been around the, my community on um, like Instagram or even listened up to this episode on the podcast, um, it's pretty evident I'm all about mindset and these things that we're talking about. And Kendra was actually one of the very first people to hand me a book. She didn't say anything about it. She handed me a book and said, here, read this. I think you'll like it. <laughs> and to be completely honest, I, I mean, like I'm a freshman in college. I went home and read like two pages and I'm like, come on, Kendra, like, I thought you said I'd like this. And I sat there for a couple of weeks. And finally, I was like, I got to give that book back to her, but I'm not giving it back to her before I read it. And I read that. And I, I didn't act on it as much as I wish I would have. But I will tell you subconsciously, it did something because it set me up to be, you know, now where I am. And there was, you know, all these things that happened in between. And and it's so powerful just that those little teeny shifts energetically can propel you one direction or another. And <clears throat> sometimes all it takes is that simple awareness. But um, Kendra, what, <clears throat> what would you recommend for a person that maybe feels stuck um, and maybe in a situation that they feel is less than ideal of where they would like to be or where they you know, they feel so far from where they're going. What, what would be a good first step for a person um, looking the, to the very, you know, level up? Yeah. The very first thing I like to say is, is kind of analyze your life, analyze where you're at. And, and then the, the next part of that is where do you want to be? And then you have to build a roadmap in between. And, you know, sometimes that roadmap is easier than others. Uh, if it's something that you really want and it's really important to you, it doesn't matter how hard the road is, uh, th there's a way to get there, but also don't devalue what you know or what you want. Uh, 
I, I think sometimes that because we're living it, we think our, our knowledge or our uh, background or our experiences aren't important and don't devalue that. Uh, if there's something that you want or you have an idea for, then there's probably a viable market for it. There, there's probably a career um, that, that would allow you to do what you find important um, and, and monetize that. Uh, and the first, the first part about that is identify what that is, uh, what it is, and then why do you want it? And one mm -hmm. of the biggest hangups, and I think uh, in, in agriculture or rural communities is um, wanting something for, for money, for the purpose of, of earning money. And, mm -hmm. and that's a stigma I think we need to throw right out the window. Of course yes. we want to make money. We right. want our families to be happy and well taken care of. And, and we want our, you know, the next generation coming up to be better than the last generation in, in every single way possible. Uh, you know, as parents or whatever stage of your life you're in, you want the next generation to be better. And part of that is money. And I don't think money, uh, sometimes money gets a bad rap. And, and, and shouldn't, yes. um, right. <laughs> money won't make you anything other than more of what you already are. Uh, if you have more money and you're a generous person, you'll have the opportunity to be more generous. Um, you know, if, if you have more money and you have a message to share, mm -hmm. money will allow you to share that. If, if you have more money and, and taking care of your family is important, more money can offer you the opportunity to take better care of your family, your community, whatever it is, whatever your cause is. Uh, so I think as, as rural and agricultural people, sometimes we think money is a bad word. Um, right. And, and so sometimes that limits us to be even be able to say, well, I should be able to be paid for what it is that I do or what it is I mm -hmm. want to do. Um, and we almost act as if we're, we're not giving a service if there's a payment for it. And, and right. that's, that's wrong. We have to be paid in order to continue to give the service. Definitely. And, Definitely. and the more highly we're paid, the more often and more broadly we can share whatever it is that our, our service is. Right. And I think, I think if a lot of us involved in agriculture, no matter what, you know, particular niche we're in, mm -hmm. I think, I think a lot of us naturally want to be in that position to serve and share and help. And without even realizing it, that money is the cap. And it, there's that glass ceiling of like, oh, can't do that. Well, if you really picked apart why you think you can't, it probably comes back to money more it, often it than, yeah, more often than maybe almost any other thing, except for maybe what you said about the knowledge and, and experience. Because I, um, I do feel... <laughs> um, like the imposter syndrome can sneak in. Sorry. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Um, I feel like that imposter syndrome can sneak in and cripple you when in all reality, you're very competent and very knowledgeable and you're just holding yourself back and, and other people need to hear what you have to say. And right. so you just kind of discrediting it. Just, it just, crushes it <laughs> well and i even think uh i look at my own it myself as as an example and i've been totally happy uh working at the college for the last 11 years and thinking nothing of 
collecting a paycheck. Uh, for my knowledge and my experience and, and my degree and everything they hired me for, and I've, mm -hmm. I've never felt like I was not giving them their money's worth, if that makes sense, as an employee. But then I look at doing it for myself, and I'm like, oh, who am I to go out on my own and do this? And, and one of the biggest things for me was saying, well, the college, who is the expert, uh, has been paying me for the last 11 years to do just this. Why, mm -hmm. why am I not valuable enough to do it on my own if that's what I choose to do? Uh, right. So, you know, sometimes we, we think if we do it for ourselves, um, I, I think that's where the imposter syndrome really comes in. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think even sometimes for women, it's, it's more evident that the imposter syndrome jumps up on you. Who am I? I'm a, I'm a mother. I'm a woman. I'm a, you know, wife, uh, maybe not the traditional breadwinner possibly in, in right. your, you know, communities or your circles or, uh, whether it be your church group or your, um, you know, schools or, or wherever, but sometimes even added as women, uh, we think, oh, well, well, who are we to be doing this? Well, you might be the very best person. That's one thing I learned when I started farm and ranch management at the, the college is, uh, prior to me, it had been a, a guy who was an accountant and so, so smart and so competent at what he did. But I found out really quickly that most of the people who are running books at, at the farms and ranches I worked with were women, the wives, uh, right. you know, and, and when I started going out there and I'd throw kids on my lap and the, they didn't feel like they had to have a babysitter anymore. And, and not that the guy before me did a bad job because he was phenomenal, but it all of a sudden started to feel more at home for them because I, I wasn't an accountant by trade. I, uh, I didn't have an accounting background. Um, but I, I was somebody who they could relate with. And then we could really have some strong conversations about, well, this is where we are. Um, how do we get closer to where we want to be? I love that. I love that. And I'm glad that you brought up to the, the fact of being relatable in what we choose to do, because I think that's, I think that's so powerful um, on a ton of different levels, but <clears throat> And that doesn't even mean it's it's the the mom. What you can relate on all kinds of different right. levels. But um, what what do you see in your in your experience? Do you find value in business wise niching down to a specific audience rather than like a broad spectrum kind of? Yes. I think you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> yeah, no, I know exactly um, what you're trying to say. One of the things that I ask uh, the people I work with is, is what is it that you do or want to do? And how are you going to monetize that? And the biggest problem I usually get is they have a million ideas and they want to do everything at once. And, and so one of the first things I coach them on is choose maybe two to four things that you're going to specialize in. And that's what you do. Uh, let's take right. horse trainers, for example. There's a million things a horse trainer can do. Um, you know, they can give lessons. They can ride for show. They can uh, take in two-year-olds. Uh, they can, you know, do do a million different things. Um, and rather than be everything to everyone, mm -hmm. be the most valuable person you can be for the things, one, that you're most interested in, two, yeah. that you are the most competent in or can become the most competent in, and three, that will service the people you want to work with the best. 
Um, so if, if you'll chunk it down to that, you will be so much more effective uh, in the pieces that you choose. You will become much more of an expert and serve your clients better and be more valuable. So even at the end of the day, by chunking it down, you can ultimately even possibly charge more because you're more of an expert. Right, uh, right. So don't try to be all things to all people. Right. I love that. And <clears throat> the reason that was on my mind is um, my sister-in-law and, and me were having a conversation about she has she has a coaching business. Right. Um, and, and at first she, you know, she had this program and that program and she did one for me and, you know, she had several clients and, mm-hmm. and she's just like, man, you know, this is, I like what I'm doing, but you know, she's like, I feel so scattered. Mm-hmm. And so throughout you know, her journey, it's been really cool. And she's now niched down to specifically coaching rodeo athletes on their right. mindset. And one of the conversations we were having when she made this decision, she calls me and she's like, Hey, I've decided this is what I'm going to do. And I'm like, Oh, that's awesome. You know, it was a really cool, like, aha. And, and she's like, I realized talking about limiting beliefs <clears throat> that, um, it's way that she, you know, she was worried about not being able to find enough people in that small of an area. She's like, but this is what I love to do. Mm-hmm. And if you, <coughs> I'm sorry, if you would, like, she's like, if I can just call, you know, condense this down, I would love every bit of every session. And, you know, this would be so worth it. So she did. And she's booked full. And, right she's, you know, fuller than she was even when she had all kinds of programs to offer. And I think she would tell you she enjoys it quite a bit more too. And a similar time this was happening, I was trying to set this up for the podcast and I'm like, okay, but what about the people that want to hear about this and this and this? And so when she kind of did that, I'm like, you know what? It's okay. Like, I just want to speak to my people. Yeah. And so if you're here, you're my people. <laughs> and, and, and if you're not someone else, it's so cool. Yeah. 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 And, and I really think that's the way agriculture businesses or any small business needs to be. You can't be all things to all people. You need to be the best you can be for the people you serve. And, and like you said, with your sister-in-law, even though she's chunked it down to a very relatively small niche, she is probably doing her clients such a better service in that niche market than she ever was trying to be serving all people in all areas of life. And, and I, I think that's so cool. That was such a, a neat learning experience um, because it's true. And you said it a second ago, like the equine industry is massive. You can go any direction in the equine industry and be successful, but right. <clears throat> ultimately what is it that you wear your strengths and your interests? because you're going to be more invested if you love the thing that you're doing rather than, Mm -hmm. and and, and you'll be more, maybe not love every minute. Yeah. Yeah. Right. More skilled and and put yourself, I don't know. It's, that's such a cool, that's such a cool concept that I think is very underrated. Yeah. And, and you have to realize, especially when you go into business for yourself, um, it's not going to be easy. There, I'm a quote girl. I love quotes. I have them all over my house, all over my office. But one of the quotes I probably dislike the most is 
do what you love and you'll never work a day in your life. Um, mm. I, I don't like that because if you do what you love, you'll probably be more motivated to work harder in your life than you ever have for anything else. And that will make it yeah. successful. Uh, yeah. So I like to change that quote to say, do what you love and you'll never be more excited or more motivated to work hard in your life. Uh, right. And that, you know, people who stop working, stop succeeding. You've got to always have the next thing to work for. Um, and, and if you're going to have a successful career in anything, but especially as an entrepreneur, and, and as we know, especially in agriculture, uh, things are going to be hard. And right. you can love it, maybe not love every minute of it, but love it and, and maybe even get more gratis, uh, gratification and satisfaction if things are hard and you conquer them. Yeah, yeah. So business-wise, again, I, I want to bring this back. And I'm such a big mindset girl, but it does help to, um, to have those. You got to have like the physical, right. um, tangible steps. But yes. mindset is huge. We always say whatever it is you're doing is 95% mindset, 5% skill right. set. <clears throat> but, and that 5% is, is important. It's you huge. You can't have 100% yes. without it. Yeah. Um, so I was actually talking with a couple of people that have either started up a small business. Re- mm-hmm. No, no, not at all. I, I hear that all the time. When do I quit or when do I keep going? Um, I think you should constantly assess your business and even have an outside person. And that's where I come in a lot. Uh, look from the outside in because sometimes you're so involved in your own world, you're missing, um, you know, don't miss the forest for the trees kind of scenario. Um, so sometimes you're, you're right on the edge or sometimes you're way off and it can be little tweaks even. Um, again, I believe that most businesses that you have a passion for can be viable. That doesn't mean you can do whatever you want and make them viable. Uh, one of the first things is make sure you have a good accounting system. Um, every business, every entrepreneur, uh, venture is a business and every business has to have a good accounting system. And, those, are num- those numbers that come in, if you account for them correctly and accurately, can give us a lot of information to look at uh, what's going in the right direction, what maybe do we need to change our, change our focus on, um, planning our finances. And, and let's be honest, if it's a business and, and our families are depending on us to make a living, we have to have finances involved and we have to become um, proficient in finances so that's going to be one of my first things is, is make sure that you're accounting correctly. And then that will give somebody from the outside looking in something tangible to look at. And, and that might say, okay, let, let's go back to the horse trainer example. You know, you're not doing very good with two-year-olds. So maybe take that out of your program. Uh, but you are doing really well with non uh, No, we're good. Okay. Um, you are doing really good with non-pro riders. So, uh, let's focus there on your non-pro and maybe your lessons and forget about or, or make specific um, guidelines for when you will take a two-year-old in. Um, so, so maybe it's not so much about you need to quit as you need to maybe change gears a little bit or focus on, on what uh, 
you know, on what maybe you're, you're doing in your business. Um, also one of the things we don't do often, um, or, or that we do do is we think, well, this is what I want to do as a person. This is what I want to do when it becomes a business. Let's be honest. People are selfish. I'm selfish. You're selfish. We're all selfish. When we're spending money, we are doing it for us, not for the benefit of somebody else. Um, I don't say that to say we can't support, uh, whether it be small businesses or our friends or whatever. But when I spend my money, I spend it on what I want to spend it on. So, uh, two things I want to make sure that the clients are doing is, um, first of all, are you offering something someone else wants? Are you doing it from, this is the, the need that they have. And this is how I'm fulfilling the need, not from a point of, well, this is what I like to do. So I'm doing it no matter what. Now that doesn't mean you can't like to do whatever the service is, but you have to do it from the standpoint of I'm offering this service to somebody else to fulfill their needs. Um, I came up with the idea because it fulfilled my need, but if I'm getting paid for it, I have to fulfill their need. Um, the second part of that, that often we, we don't do or we don't do well is, is marketing and, and making sure we understand who our customer is. Uh, you don't necessarily have to have the largest customer base, but you have to have a customer base that, uh, is your kind of people. Um, as an example, I was looking at some places in Arizona cause we're looking at possibly getting a, a home in the Arizona for the winter. And one of the houses I was looking at, I thought it was so interesting that the realtor must be brilliant. Uh, the house is okay. The property is horrible. It literally has a wash going down the middle of it. The first picture is a picture of this beautiful arena that's sitting on it. Second picture is something of the house. The third picture is a picture of the horse facilities, you know, and, and it goes back and forth. Well, even in the ad, it says, and there is a wash that you can ride in for 14 miles that goes right through your property. So, uh, and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a wash that goes right through my property. And they took something that for the wrong clientele would have been, why would you even bring that up? For the right clientele, they took something that literally is a negative and made that property possibly not marketable at all. And all of a sudden they're like, Hey, you have a wash leading right from your property and you can go 14 miles in either direction. Um, so understanding our customer, uh, one thing I like to tell people is people buy from, uh, companies or people that they know, like, and trust. You spend your money, your hard earned money with people that you know that you like and you trust. Uh, how do we get people to know, like, and trust us? Uh, if you, and especially if you can't talk with them one-on-one -on -one or, or know them personally, uh, there's this beautiful thing called social media. And as, as many negative things as there are with social media, this is one area where I think it's underutilized and possibly the key to success, depending on your product, obviously. But, but really I can't even think of many products that the social media couldn't be used as a positive. Um, it, it's a platform that you can use every day at, no cost or virtually no cost to introduce yourself and share yourself and your business and your offerings with your people. Um, so knowing who your people are and making sure that you're connecting with them, uh, it's called social media, be social on social media. Uh, and that doesn't, it, it doesn't mean sell to them all the time either. I think that's a, a thing that businesses often have a hard time with. Um, and I'll see people who own businesses and then I look at their personal page. I'm like, why didn't you put that on your business page? Uh, you know, and, and even it probably had to do with their business. Uh, you know, one of, one of my clients, uh, have a horse training business and, and his wife 
was out at the barn one day and, and there was one of their little boys was playing with one of their horses right next to their feed bags that they feed and all their supplements. And she put it on her personal Facebook page. And I said, that would have been so perfect for your business Facebook page as well. You know, get to know your family, look at what's in your feed room. There's so many reasons why that would have been a benefit. And so we forget sometimes as a business to be social on social media. And, and like you said before, those people who are your people, they will follow you. They will interact with you. And, and you have to interact back with them. Uh, those people who are not your people, they aren't your customer anyway. They're not your ideal customer anyway. Let them go. They're somebody else's ideal customer. Don't try to hang on to them if they, if they don't fit. Um, that will only bring negative energy, turmoil, anxiety for both parts. So that's... It's kind of where I would go is, I, I know that was a long way around that question you asked me, but um, kind of all of those things tie together. It's not necessarily do I give up, but where do I need to go from here? Yes. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm Yeah, back off. Yep. Right. Right. <clears throat> right. Yeah, one thing that I have yeah, one thing that I have come up with that, that I actually have available right now um that I'm going to be launching soon is I have a, a yearly social media calendar. And this is what you post every day. And it's not specifically you post exactly this, but it gives an idea like um I have wisdom Wednesdays. Uh, so every Wednesday, give just a little tidbit of information. Some days it's uh, share a failure because we're all on this earth failing together. And sometimes we look at everybody else's life and it, it literally deflates us because we think we're the only ones failing or making mistakes. When in reality, I don't care how good you are, you're failing and you're making mistakes. And and I, I hate to say failing because... I mean, in, in my world, I've, I've kind of tried really hard to think of failure no longer as a negative. Um, I like to fail fast, fail off, and fail hard so that I can get on to the next success. Because if you aren't failing, then you're really not trying. You're not doing anything. And I know that sounds kind of cliche, but it's the truth. If you're not failing or finding some faults and failure, failures in your life, you're not moving forward. You know, um, 
you're just stagnant and stagnant isn't good for anybody. And especially in a business, if you're not continually moving forward, um, you're going to lose customers and you're certainly not going to attract any more. And, you know, so, so one thing that I do see that a lot of agriculture equine people have a hard time with is social media. And that's why I came up with a social media calendar so that every day of the year you have something to post. And then, you know, it comes with a, I guess a cheat sheet or a to-do sheet with it that says, uh, you know, don't post it every day. Uh, you know, you'll have something every day, but you can schedule your posts. You can go in and do 20 Wednesday Wednesday posts if you want, if they're all video or whatever, and post them for the future. So you might do that once a week or once a month and then post on top of that awesome things that happen in life. You know, maybe you go to a show or maybe you have a, a an event or, um, or something, or, or you just have something exciting or horrible happen to you that you want to share. Um, just because you've pre-posted or scheduled a post doesn't mean you can't go in and be real. Um, so, and, and the other thing is, is make sure that you are real and respond to people. You know, you wouldn't have a customer walk into your brick and mortar store and comment to you or ask you a question and turn around and walk away. And, and that's something that that we do often on social media. And then I guess the other thing that I, I really hound on there, like I said, be social on social media, but also give a call to action very regularly, even if it's not a post that says buy something. Uh, and, and I don't care if it's even on social media or if it's in advertising or it's in your storefront um, or you're sitting face to face with somebody. If you don't give them what is the next step and this is what I'd like you to do, don't expect them to do it because they might be scared, nervous, lost, new, and they may not know what the next step is, even if it's obvious to you. Um, so always do a call to action. Uh, and that can be, you know, here's how you buy my product. Or that can be, hey, tell me where you're from in the United States. And, you know, what do you hate about winter? It can be anything to get some interaction and be social. And, and if you interact, they're going to become, they'll get to know, like, and trust you. And I guess that's what it's all about. And... You know, so, so I guess I say it that way. <laughs> uh, right. 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 Exactly. And then when you do have something to buy, they're like, Hey, you know, she's my people. She's my people. And if, if it fixed her problem or helps her with a problem, I'm going to trust that it will me. And, and then a, a customer that, 
buys from you once and, and, you know, this is kind of on the marketing and, and business side, but you have to know the more you connect with your customers, the, the better your business is. It costs you five to 25 times more money to get a new customer than it does to retain an old one. And then on a person's second purchase with you, they're willing to spend upwards of 60% more, you know, on a subsequent purchase than they are the first time. So again, you've, you've developed a relationship with them. Your product, obviously, if they're retained as a customer, they think your product is worthy. That builds your bond even stronger. And, and if you have an interaction with them, um, they call it relationship marketing. And that was originally coined, you know, I think back in the 70s. And it was where the punch card came from. Um, you know, if, if you come and spend 10 times, you get the 11th one free. Well, we basically get to do that now without punch cards and we might still have punch cards or incentives and those are fine, but, um, we basically get to do that without having to track it as much or, or even maybe track it more depending on what the case may be, but we get to do that through being social and having a relationship with our, our audience, wherever that might be. So <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. Right. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I do have that available and you can either text or call me on my cell phone, 435-851-0868. Um, or I do have uh, a Facebook page that I'm just posting right now. Um, yeah, actually just this weekend and it's main focus, M-A-N-E focus, uh, as in the horse's mane, <laughs> uh, on purpose. I love a play on words there. Um, and th those uh, those two places are available or uh, via email at Kendra, K-E-N-D-R-A-E, Bagley, B-A-G-L-E-Y, at gmail.com. Um, I will have shortly up a, a um, website and obviously an email address that, that will match that website. But as of right now, like I said, I'm just barely getting enough together to launch the business. So I'm still on a lot of my personal stuff. Uh, but super excited that this came right at kind of the time that I'm launching this and our conversation uh, just happened to fall right line. Yeah. Yeah. You throw it out there and it's, it's like a boomerang. It'll come back to you. And
and I believe that. So. You know, uh, just if it's something that you want to do, know that you can do it. And I give that piece of advice to anybody. And I don't care, you know, where you live, um, how old or young you are, uh, what your background is. If, if you have a passion and desire, and like I said before, your why, and it's really strong, then please don't keep that from the world. Don't keep that gift from the world. Please explore it. Um, it, it may not be what maybe you originally thought was your perfect idea, but your perfect idea will come to you if, if your why is, is strong enough and, and you know, you know, a direction of what, what you want. Um, I, I tell people all the time, even somebody who wants to be involved in the beef industry, uh, maybe they can't raise beef, but they can make a deal with a local butcher and still sell beef for a profit. Uh, so there's, there's so many ways you can do things and don't let, don't let your fear or, you know, what people will think of you or can you even, you know, the question, can I even make money on this? Stop you. Know what you're passionate about. Believe in yourself. Surround yourself with people who, who you want to be like and who believe in you. Um, and you'll be more likely to, to be successful. And if anybody, you know, if there's anything I can do to help ever, um, I would be more than willing to, you know, if they want to reach out to me, I, I'm all about brainstorming and, and giving ideas. So, yeah. You do. 